So before we get started, I have to shout out one of the sponsors of this podcast, and that's Disney+. Plus. Now, by now, most of you guys should know what Disney Plus is. It's the home of brands like Marvel, Pixar, Disney, National Geographic, and many, many other brands. And you should be catching up on shows of theirs. I love Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, The Mandalorian, WandaVision. These are all great shows brought to you by Disney Plus. And if you're not checking them out, you should definitely go and check them out and tell them Hey sent you. Peace. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Soul Podcast. I'm your host, CEO Hayes, or just Hayes, whatever you want to call me. Right off the top, if you want to follow the podcast, make sure you're doing so at Awaken Soul Pod. You can also follow me personally at CEO Hayes, that's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. I hope everyone had a great holiday weekend from the bottom of my heart. Uh, this Thanksgiving weekend for me personally was probably one of the better holiday weekends overall I've had in years, and I mean that. So it was a great just fun-filled family loved ones all of that uh filled weekend and i can't stress enough just how good um it made me feel to be able to just be around my loved ones and be around people that i care for um and just everything man it was just it was love filled and that's all i'm gonna say i'm not gonna make it mushy or anything like that on this week's episode it's titled the imposter because we'll be breaking down imposter syndrome in the main discussion topic of this week's episode but before we get into that we got to get into my dark and twisted mind we got to hop into the mind of haze we're going to do all that right after this the following is a breaks media podcast You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. Okay, so in the In the Mind of Hay segment um, on this week's episode, I strictly am going to talk about one topic, and this is not going to take up much time. It's about, so in North Korea, um, there was someone who was sentenced to death due to watching a smuggled in version of Squid Game. Squid Games is the biggest show in the world right now, according to viewership and Netflix stats. And Netflix has like come out with a whole new metric um, and, and more transparency in their numbers and how they measure it. But nonetheless, um, just imagine we live in a country, right? For anyone who's in America or an American uh, who's listening to this, I know it's people who not just live in America, so I need to get better at uh, talking to the worldwide audience. But nonetheless, is that um, in America, we live in a country, right, where people are saying that their rights are being taken away to by wearing a mask during a global pandemic, right? And this isn't to say right, wrong, anything that's not even to have that discussion now. But imagine being sentenced to death due to watching something a form of content just because your government is trying to lock down content coming in from other countries that, that that it's it's crazy right and this is on top of this so doing a little more research digging a little deeper it's it's gone even further than that so there are like places where because students had had watched a smuggled version of um of squid games they're sentenced to 5 years in jail and it's and the students teachers who had nothing to do with the smuggling just because they're a teacher of the student of the student were were sentenced to hard labor like just 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 let that sink in for a minute right we do like don't get me wrong uh, and this isn't to say hey look how much worse it could be we need to shut up as americans this isn't to say that at all right um because wrong is wrong right is right and according we we deal with so much oppression here i don't want to Take that away. I'm not saying anything about that in this statement, but 
It does make you sit there and put things in, into perspective of what it's really like to live under a dictatorship, right? The fact that you can be sentenced to death for bringing in a form of media is wild to me. And then that'll be like, right? The, the, and then this, this, the teachers who, who were sentenced to five years in prison, that would be comparable to like in your workplace, right? If your direct supervisor was sentenced to prison because you decided to go and steal a Snickers at a croak. Just, just put that in perspective. It's wild. And the fact that, that punishments and things like that still go down um, in any country is just, it's bananas. It's bananas to watch. And, and then think about it, like, to know that that is the, that is the crime. And, that, and this isn't the first one. There was somebody who actually did die by firing squad uh, because of that publicly, because of, of smuggling in media. Just imagine how bad people want to watch this show to sit there and you know that the penalty can be up to death, up to death. It's just wild, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. I, for one, don't understand it. I never will understand that. I don't think any of us ever will. Um, but like, it's, it's just wild to think that that's, it's wild. Like, I, I don't even know. I'm at a complete loss of words over this. Um, but I wanted to start the show off with that because it was something that I came across and I was just like, wow, wow, wow. Let me know what you think uh, in the in in response or in the comment section if you're watching this on YouTube or whatever else or how you feel about this because this was batshit ass crazy to me. But that's it for the end of mind and haze segment. We're going to take a break. That we're going to jump into our main discussion topic, which is titled "The Imposter," where we'll be breaking down imposter syndrome. And at the end, you know, I like to give my list ten ways on how we can get out of the imposter syndrome mindset. We'll talk about all that and more right after this. So imposter syndrome is one of those things that is starting to become talked about more. And, you know, once social media gets a hold of stuff, things take different meaning and everything else like that. They start getting used incorrectly. But imposter syndrome specifically as people of color is an important conversation to have. Imposter syndrome in general, right? But imposter syndrome as people of color, I think, is a very important conversation to have. And so I want to first identify it, right? I want to define it, even though, like I said, I know this is something that's been in, in the culture and talked about a lot more recently, but I still want to define it, right? First, imposterism is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. It's dis it disproportionately affects high-achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. Many question whether they're deserving of the accolade. So that's imposterism, first and foremost, right? And so let's let's we're going to spend some time identifying certain parts of imposter syndrome and what we can do about them. And then, like I said, at the end, 10 actionable items or things that we can do to try to break out of imposter syndrome as people of color. First one that I want to talk about, feeling unsure should not make you feel like an imposter. If you have moments of doubt of yourself, your skills or whatever else, that does not mean you're an imposter. Um, yes, it's a discomforting feeling. Um, yes, sometimes we, we find it hard to find role models or we feel ourselves out of place and whatever else. Um, and then sometimes we get invited into places that we don't feel like we belong because of what we've been through, the way that we lived or, or whatever else. But being unsure about your place, being unsure of how you're going to continue to achieve, being unsure should not make you feel like an imposter. That is a normal fact of just accomplishing anything is those moments of uncertainty. And I would go on to say that feeling unsure of yourself is a is a sheer sign that you're not being an imposter 
or fraud, right? Because you're having your self-awareness enough to acknowledge your uncertainty in yourself and your ability. That does not make you an imposter. So that was one of the first things that I wanted to talk about. A, bias, exclusion, and feelings of doubt. We talked about a little bit about feelings of doubt, um, but we have those feelings of doubt that we don't belong in, cor in corporate settings more often. Um, and not because we have a deficiency, but because it's, it's, it's not or hasn't been typically what we've seen even projected in media, um, in, 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 in TV shows, which is all media. I guess it's all coming out, out of the same thing. Um, but we, we often feel like once we get into corporate America that, OK, maybe we don't have the, maybe we don't have the same college degree or even if we do have the, those degrees, we felt even that imposter syndrome in college, especially because we probably were months and not seeing other people of color, other people that look like us and people forget sometimes when people talk about or when um, white privilege is talked about, I think very much it's understated just the importance of seeing people who look like you in, in like spaces, right? When we get out of that, when that, that is a specific feeling towards the people of color that we don't often feel or we don't often acknowledge is that feeling of being out of place, is that feeling of, of not being included or, or not being able to connect with the people around us. Like my first job in corporate America, shout out to Edward Jones. Um, I was, I was one of probably about three or four black people. Well, in my department on my team, I think I was like two, maybe probably two on my team, um, that, that were African-American and often like, because it was, it was such an, an, a disproportionate amount of, of people who were not of color versus the people who were of color. When they did things like after work, it was just things that I wasn't interested in, right. Or things that I didn't have a connection to. So I didn't want to go and feel like uh, a fish out of water. I didn't want to go and be awkward. I didn't want to go. And sometimes even I get caught, got caught in my own head of making them feel like they have to take away from their enjoyment to make sure that I'm comfortable. And so like there were a lot, there was a first year or two there where it was like after, if less it was at a bar and even then sometimes depending on the bar that it was at, I didn't go because I just couldn't connect to certain things. Right. And this is even coming from somebody whose dad and father and it was is white. So like even in that, like I still felt or did not feel that inclusion. And as far as bias, I can't say that I that I necessarily felt a biasness towards non people of color in, in my corporate America um, experience. I know a lot of people do. And I and, and again, that's why I put that on the list that hasn't necessarily felt like like my because most of the time in my experience in corporate America while I was there, I felt like the things that made me different were part of the reasons why I was there, why they wanted me, why I got promoted at every job that I was. But still, with that being said, let's talk about that, that exclusion or, 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 or things like that. One other thing that we, that we, that I want to talk about is what's deemed as professional, like for so long braids, uh, uh styles that women's dreads, uh, styles that people and women of color had was like deemed unprofessional, right? Or th it was thought to be. It was thought to be that you had to have the straight hair uh, to, to be in a professional setting. Now, we are coming out of that, thank God. But that can also lead you to feeling to feeling that imposter syndrome like you don't belong or like you have to change yourself up to be month to, to earn your seat at the table, so to say. Um, and so that is another aspect of this imposter syndrome that we don't talk about so much. You, it, and that's why I say like seeing people like you ascend, seeing people like you in promoted positions or, or rising through is important to that to that feeling of diversity and inclusion, not only because you see somebody else like you, but those people then can have can speak and know that experience themselves and can try to make it better for the people that come after them. Right? Yes, that doesn't always happen. We know crab in a bucket mentality. Why are crabs in buckets? All of that. We'll talk about that at some point. I've had episodes on that. But 
that's one part of this that I do want to talk as well, talk about as well. Um, and then lastly, really, before we get into the list of actionable items, right, is that let's let's make it clear that confidence is not equate competent. So you'll see. And this is something that I have seen very much is some of the most confident people in a professional work setting or in, in and, I, and I'm speaking mainly this imposter syndrome conversation is really multi. It can be applied to anything. I kind of focus it on professional or creative, right? Because that, those are the things that I can speak to that I've experienced, but please don't let them think that that's the only thing that this applies to, but the confidence that people have, right? Sometimes that false confidence, that fraud confidence, right? That, that confidence that people portray as a defense mechanism rather than having an, an, a competence in the things that they're doing. But because of that, right, especially that being portrayed by white male leaders um, with a lack of competence in their in their roles, we all have seen the people in leadership, in supervisory roles that don't have the, the competence, right, don't have the skill level to back up the position that they're in. But because of the but but they they try to display that false level of confidence and it makes you it can it can typically try typically make you feel isolated or make you feel like you don't belong because you see those people display that false level of confidence and you think that that's what you need. But again, confidence does not equate to competence. Truth have it right is that when the ability to build and maintain any form of skill it lies in all of us, right? We have that ability to, but don't. Don't let yourself think that because you're still building those leadership skills, if you do find yourself in a leadership position, um, that that it means that you're not that you're a fraud for being there. It's because a lot of times they see that potential in you doesn't mean that it's always that it's realized at that point, but they see that potential in you. And that's why you can rise to a supervisor level. That's why you can rise to a leadership level. Don't let that a lack of confidence in what you're going. Again, that goes back to kind of the thing that I said first. It shows a level of self-awareness just to acknowledge that you aren't as confident in a job that you have. That doesn't mean you can't add that skill. It should be a continued process and search for for knowledge and, and to keep getting better in things like that. So those are kind of just the things that I wanted to use to identify, right? I have 10 things that I want to talk about on how we can overcome and hopefully fix imposter syndrome. First, Break the silence. Shame keeps a lot of people from fessing up about their fraudulent feelings, about those feelings of, of being an imposter, about those things. But knowing that we can put a name, knowing that we can identify those feelings is extremely freeing. So if you get to that place of being able to break that silence on, and again, this doesn't mean in the workplace, this means about the people, to the people who are around you that care, that love about you, the people that you confide in, to your therapist if you have one, being able to speak and verbalize on those fraudulent feelings, on those imposter feelings is a big step. And the first step, I believe, in breaking that feeling of imposter syndrome and not belonging in where you were. Number two, separate the feelings from the facts. This is something that is a phrase that I say so much that I'm glad that I was able to work into a list is feelings aren't always facts. And that's just honest. That's not to say that your feelings shouldn't matter or anything like that. But if you're able to separate how you feel about something from the facts of the situation, they're going to keep you from feeling like a fraud. Um, there are times where we're just going to feel stupid. It happens to everyone. Um, we ne we need to realize just because we may feel super, that we, we may feel unequipped or that we may feel not ready. It doesn't mean that we are. And if you can separate those feelings from those facts, that is a huge step in getting to that process of breaking the imposter syndrome. Number three, recognize when you should feel fraudulent, right? That again, a lot of what I talk about is all about self-awareness. That becomes a heavy part of it. And it's something that I try to speak to is something that I really want people to gain from listening to this podcast is self-awareness. But a sense of belonging fosters confidence. If you're the only one or a few people 
of our one of few people of color uh, in a workplace or sound like you're much older or much younger, uh, then it's only natural that at times you're going to feel like you don't totally fit in. If you're the first person of color, if you're the first person to, to, to gain a position or whatever else, that feeling of pressure that you now are representing a whole entire group and people because you're in that first place is going to feel this or you're going to feel self-doubt in those moments. But instead of taking your self-doubt as a sign of your of your ineptus, recognize that it might be a normal response to being on the receiving end of social stereotypes, incompetence, and intelligence. Let me repeat that again. Recognize that your feeling of self-doubt might be a normal response to being on the receiving end of social stereotypes about competence and intelligence, meaning that you're not competent, you're not intelligent, but you are now carrying the weight. And again, this is something that I talk about quite often, is the kind of genetic as African-Americans, the genetic trauma that we carry just in us, right? And not only when we see it or experience it out in the world or whatever else, and it gets and it gets magnified then, but again, sometimes recognize not only when you should feel fraudulent, but why you feel fraudulent, right? If you can identify the whys, why is it that you're feeling those, those feelings of being a fraud? It can help you really overcome and it can help you also put it into perspective and realize you're not. You're just the first. You're representing a whole people and you feel that and you're carrying that weight, but let that weight go. Just be you. You are there because you're because you were chosen, because you've shown something that hopefully earns you to be in that position and in that space. Rest easy on that, knowing that that what you did already and what you already were doing got you there. That doesn't mean you can't improve. That doesn't mean you can't take time to get better. That doesn't mean you shouldn't continue to get better and grow. But what you already did got you in that door. Accentuate the positive. That's the next one. The good news about being a perfectionist means that you care deeply about the quality of your work. The key to continue to strive for excellence when it matters the most, but don't preserve or routine or, or don't preserve or over or make over routine tasks and forgive yourself when the inevitable mistakes happen. Being a perfectionist is something that I've talked about so much on this podcast. I've talked about how it's hurt me. I've talked about with my first short film, The Creative, how I had a whole version of that film that was basically done. I scrapped and deleted all of it just because a certain few things weren't perfect to me where I could have kind of maybe reshot some scenes, but we allow our feelings of being a perfectionist to think that every single aspect of it has to be perfect. No, just insinuate the positive aspects of whatever it is that you have. Yes, there are going to be things and mistakes that happen. There are going to be things that are not as perfect as other aspects of it, but focus on the parts that are great. Focus on the parts that you do feel are perfect. And then we can always, like I said, continual growth. We can, we can keep adding on to the positive aspects of us, but we first need to focus on those positive things. Next one, develop a healthy response to failure and mistake making. This is the, this is me preaching to myself right on this one. Develop a healthy response to failure and mistake making. I deal with failure like shit, right? That's just me being transparent and honest with you. Mistakes, mm, I can deal with, I deal, I feel like I deal with mistakes a little bit better than I deal with failure. If I feel like I completely failed at something, it's it's really hard for me to rebound for a second. Um, so this is me, this is me preaching to me. But to quote quote Henry Ford, failure is the is only the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. Again, let me repeat that again. Failure is only the opportunity to begin again with more intelligence. Again, learn from your mistakes. We're all going to fall short at some point. Don't berate yourself over the mistakes that you make. Instead, 
Focus on how you can t- continue to improve those mistakes. The mistakes are going to happen. When you when you learn to to deal with that failure and mistake making in a healthy way, you'll be surprised at how that stress eases up off you, right? How the stress seems like you take more things in stride and you take more things like take what uh take a licking and keep on kicking. Is that the, is that the term? Um but yeah, you can get though those bruises are going to come. Again, I say this a lot too. It's called growing pains for a reason. It hurts to grow. It's uncomfortable to grow. It's uncomfortable to make mistakes. It's uncomfortable to fail. But if you keep your mind on the uh, more focus on, all right, I'll get it next time and how and then develop routine on how you're going to get it, how you're going to make it better, you'll deal with that failure in a lot more positive way and it'll become way more manageable to yourself. Next one, write the rules, not W-R-I, W-R-I-T-E, write, R-I-G-H-T, write the rules. Make the rules that have harpened you, that have held you back, that you see holding people back again. That whole never ask for help mistake. Stop doing that. Assert yourself. Assert your rights. Assert the things that assert yourself in making things better for for people like you. The next person who may be de- uh, developing imposter syndrome, if you're the first person in your family, if you're the first person in your group, friend group to get to corporate America, if you're the first person to get to being able to be a full-time creative or to do your passion or work for yourself, whatever it is that, that you're doing that's keeping you from feeling like you belong in that space, if you're the first one to do it, write the rules. Again, not W-R-I-T-E-R-I-G-H-T. Make the rules right so that they can come and those opportunities can come easier for the people in that culture, in your group that are coming up behind you. Develop a new script. Now, this is where we W-R-I-T-E. We're going to develop a new script. Again, me as a filmmaker, this was easy for me to say too. But by by being people of color in spaces that we haven't always been welcomed and to be people of color and to get opportunities that we haven't always gotten as a, as a group or as a culture, we have the opportunity. And I feel like the duty to rewrite the script, to rewrite the story, to rewrite whatever it is. And to, again, it's all about not only getting rid of that, that imposter syndrome in yourself and for yourself, but it's about setting that example and making it easy for the generations and the people to follow after us. Very often we can fall so victimized and just fall into the just now because it's just us. And yes, it does suck to a degree to have to be, or to feel, and again, this is not a calling that everyone has to accept, right? This is not, this is if you want to do that, but you can also rewrite the script for yourself, right? Change the rules, right? If you can, if you get in a position of ownership, if you get in a position of power, change those rules that for so long have harpened us, change the rules that kept, that made it so hard for you to ascend to where that you ascended to. If you can do those things, that's a great step in the process of eliminating imposter syndrome. Number seven, sorry, number eight, number eight, (laughs) visualize success. I'm a big person on meditation. Meditation is something that I've gotten, that I've gotten more and more into as I've gotten older. Um, but spend time picturing yourself in your role that you want to get to spend time visualizing successful implementation of whatever it is that you're doing. Calmly pose questions, come up with those answers, right? Be prepared for any impending disasters. Visualize the success, visualize you overcoming everything that you feel is like stacked against you and why you feel like an imposter in whatever space that you're in. Number nine, and this one, some people would probably think or expect this one to come last, right? Number nine reward yourself break the cycle of 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 seeking validation from other from other spaces it's okay to reward yourself this is something that i again this is me preaching to me here i suffer from this very bigly is that i don't reward myself nearly as much i i accomplish something i achieve something and then to me i have to keep it moving and go right on to the next one if i don't then i feel like i'm i'm being stagnant but it's okay 
to reward yourself. It's okay to celebrate your victories. It's okay to celebrate everything that you had to overcome. Celebrate yourself. If you wait on other people to celebrate you, if you wait on other people to acknowledge the things that you're going to do, you're constantly behind the eight ball. If you celebrate yourself first, when other people, other sources, whatever else celebrate and reward you, it'll be icing on the cake rather than the cake itself. That, that's what I wanted to uh, say about that one. The last one. And this is some, something that Again, sometimes you just have to fake it till you make it. Sometimes we are going to get in positions and be blessed with, with, with things that we aren't quite ready for. Faking it till you make it is okay. That's the thing that we don't allow ourselves to feel as people of color. Other races absolutely do. They will fake that motherfucking shit until they, they, they get backed in the wall and then they'll hire somebody to, to, do other, to be under them to do the job that they, have, that they have to fake like they do. It's okay to wing it, right? It is okay to wing it. Again, you don't always want to fly by the seat of your pants, but if you do have to fake it till you make it while you're learning it, right? If you do have to wing it um, to prove that your ability, keep in mind with this, even, even if you're not prepared for something or a blessing, a role, a job, a position, whatever it is, even if you're not ready for it, the ability to fake it till you make it is an absolute skill and shows your determinus to, determination <laughs> to be able to earn the spot that you're in. Don't make it feel like once you get there that you have to start being the perfect version of what it is you're going to be. Sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. Yes, it can be, it can wear you out sometimes doing that. You don't want to continually do that, but you also don't have to wait till you feel confident to start putting yourself out there. And that's the thing that we suffer. We talk so much in the black community about things that we want to do and we get scared, right? We get scared just to get started because we're afraid of failing. Sometimes you got to fake it till you make it, right? One perfect example of that is me with photography. There were times that I literally, I didn't have any subjects. I didn't have any models who wanted to model for me. Sometimes I had to be it myself. Sometimes I had to use my kids. Sometimes I had to show up to photography gigs with the confidence that I'm already an experienced photographer. And it was probably my second, third, fourth, or fifth job. But that confidence of having you, that, that being, that showing up and being prepared, right? But sometimes learning some certain, like light not all learned on the fly. Like I learned how to light perfectly on the fly, but I showed up with my lights. I showed up with them. I moved them around. And, you know, sometimes I did have my lights positioned in the incorrect way in photography. And then I said, you know what? I actually think if we do this, the light will shape it a little bit better. And I'm sitting there moving it around, moving confidently like I know what I'm doing. But really, I'm trying to get lucky with getting that light perfect on somebody's face or on a subject's face or whatever it is. Sometimes you, ha you have to learn as you go. That's what the fake it till you make it is. And it's okay to do that because guess what? Guess what? Our white counterparts have been doing that shit for centuries. Um, it's okay to do. You don't want to stay in that place, right? You don't want to mislead. But sometimes while you're learning, while you're in the process, you do have to fake it till you make it. And it's absolutely okay to do so. Absolutely okay to do so. But those are my thoughts on imposter syndrome. This is an episode that I've been wanting to do for so long. Um, I've, I've touched on it a little bit here and there with other creatives and things like that. Um, this could be a series. Uh, let me know if you're another creative listening to this and you want to talk about it, you want to give your thoughts on it, even if you've just experienced this and you want to give your thoughts on it as well, you can send in voicemails, you can send in emails or voicemail 614-547-2039. Our email is at awakensopod at gmail.com. Um, you can also email me at ceohays at gmail.com. Either way, it'll get to me. Um, you can, like I said, you can send in those emails. I want to hear about your experiences with imposter syndrome and uh, how'd you overcome it? I want to hear all that. But like, uh, that's it. That's, that's really all I got for you guys this week. I wanted to really dig deep into this one, give some actionable items. Let me know what you guys think about it. Um, like always, you can follow the podcast at Awaken Soul Pie. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. 
Um, like I said before, I just said it a couple minutes ago, but our voicemail is 614-547-2039. You can send a text or a voicemail to that number. Uh, make sure you, you say that you're leaving it for the UA console. But otherwise, that's all I got for you guys. I love you guys so much. I really do. Um, I love this podcast. I love the show. I love the platform. I love what we've built over the last four years. And we're going to continue going uh, through this till year five. I love each and every one of you guys. I'm out this bitch. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Media. Bitches love podcasts.